This is your host, Terry Noland, and this is your community. Come on in, grab a seat, and strap in. And here we are today, and I am bringing you a topic that has really been on my mind lately, and mainly because I am trying to really dig deep and discover a lot about my role here at Learning Ally and what I am here to do. And many of you see me on so many things. You hear my voice on this podcast. You may have seen me on webinars. You may have heard me in different situations. And one of the things that I am here to do, I am here to not only spread the message of literacy leadership, to spread the message of what we need to do as a collective group of people to smash that literacy divide, it is to help build trust. Because if I don't build trust with you, you're not going to keep coming back. You're not going to keep coming back to the podcast. You're not going to want to be a part of the amazing work that we've got going on. And that trust is such an integral thing of being a literacy leader, is that I've got to develop trust. And many people will say it is the single greatest factor of being a leader. The single greatest factor of being a leader is the fact that I've got to develop trust. I've got to show you that I can be trusted. And the best question to ask yourself when it comes to trust is this. If I couldn't even trust myself, why would I expect other people to trust me? Oh my goodness, that is like a dagger to the heart, right? If you don't feel like you can even trust yourself sometimes, why in the world would we expect somebody else to come along, to follow us, to look to us, and to trust us? Trust. I'm going to tell you what, it's one of those things that it's out there in the air. I can't touch it. I can't feel it, or so I think. Today, I'm talking about that trust. And you know what? Trust, defining that, it's when I can believe in someone or something. Let me relate it to, let's say, buying a new car, okay? Hopefully, we've all either had that experience or know someone, been along with someone going and buying a new car. One of the things about buying a new car, besides the fact that I want, you know, a particular color and I want certain features, something that you do want, you need that trust. I've got to have trust in this machine that's going to get me from point A to point B on a consistent and regular basis. I trust it. I trust its safety features. I trust the reliability of this machine. I remember when we were looking for a car when our daughter went off to college. And that's one of the things we looked for. We looked for the fact of, I need something. That when me as a mother, I lay in bed at night, I trust. I have confidence in the fact that this car is going to get her where she needs to be. 
that it's not going to break down, that she's not going to be stranded on the side of the road, that all of these things are going to happen. So I need that trust. So that really helps to frame my mindset around thinking about trusting in someone, the reliability of that trust. So a couple of things I want to talk about today, this is going to be a two-part series on trust. And a couple of things about today is number one, the number one way for you to develop trust as a literacy leader. Remember, you can be a literacy leader as a classroom teacher, as a specialist, as an administrator, as a parent, as a doesn't matter, fill in the blank, you can be a literacy leader. And the number one way is to have consistent behavior. Okay, you know what? I have heard the term consistency so many times in my life, but I don't think I ever truly understood the term consistency until this past year. This past year, when, uh, you know, March, whatever day, insert the day, March 12th, March 17th, whatever day it was that you got news that you were, you know, uh, quarantined to your home. On that day, when I sat here and thought to myself, what can I do? What can I do? I, I can't get out of, you know, this house, these four walls. I can't get out and be in the presence of educators. What can I do? You know what I started doing? I started recording a daily video. I started recording video content about 90 seconds a day and started sharing that on Twitter. And I have been doing that five days a week for the past year and a half. Now, I've missed a day or two. Okay, granted, and when I was on vacation, I didn't record a thing. And But, but here's what I want to point out. The consistency is the reliability when that goes out on Twitter. For those of you that follow me on Twitter, and if you don't, you can go follow me at Terry Nolan, T-E-R-R-I-E-N-O-L-A-N-D. Follow me on Twitter. It's just a daily video of my thoughts going out every day on Twitter. Now, let me tell you what, that shifted my mindset around what consistency looks like, what consistency is. In the world of social media, social media loves consistent posts, and it's going to elevate and push that content to the top of your feeds, if you know anything about social media, loves the consistency. And you know what? I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. It's what gets the greatest engagement on my social media, these daily thoughts. And you know what? These daily thoughts can be a random thought. It can be a very targeted thought. It could be driving folks to come and see more and experience a webinar, whatever it is. That's not the point. The point is the consistency. Is that by being consistent in that, is that people that follow me are trusting that this is going to be there. Now, listen, they may not look at it every day. But if they want to, it's there. Consistent behavior. Like I said, I don't think I understood the magnitude of that word until this past year when I had to put consistency into practice. Another example, I work out five days a week, 
Now I do give my body a break on the weekends, but I do work out five days a week. And I will say that I am consistent. I'm very consistent. In fact, I've the past couple of days, I've been kind of hobbling around with a little tweak in my hip. But guess what? I show up. Maybe I have to modify. It doesn't matter. I'm consistent. I'm there. If I'm traveling and I'm going to be traveling tomorrow, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow and I'm going to get to my destination at probably about midnight, which is really late by my standards of getting into bed. But guess what I'm going to do at 5.07 is my time that my alarm goes off. My alarm will go off the next day and I will get up and I will work out consistency, that discipline, consistent behavior. Now, what does this look like when it comes to being a literacy leader? I've given a couple of examples, but what does it look like? Here's what it looks like. If I am going to be a literacy leader, when I say I am going to share an article with somebody, guess what? That article is in their email inbox within 24 hours. If I tell a parent that I'm going to get them the resources that I said I would get them, guess what? Those resources are in their email inbox in 24 hours. If I've told uh, one of my colleagues that I will show up and be present for a presentation because they need me to speak five minutes about something, guess what? I'm not only going to show up, I'm going to show up early. I am going to be there 15 minutes early so they who can let their nerves calm down just a little bit, giving them that sense of confidence and trust in me. I am going to do it and I am going to do it in an uber, uber type of way, right? Be extra, get there early, give people the something that you've promised before they even realize that you haven't right? We don't want them to realize you haven't. This is what consistent behavior has to be like. Your words and your deeds have to match up. They have to be congruent. And you know what? This follow up and follow through with people, that's what literacy leadership is about. If you are working with a new brand new teacher, all those brand new teachers coming into the classroom and they don't have the knowledge around what it means to teach in an evidence-based way in their kindergarten classroom. Let's take that as an example. They don't have that knowledge and you're there, you're gonna help them guide them, chaperone them, mentor them in that process. They're going to trust you when you're consistent. When I'm giving them the content I promised, when I show up when I'm supposed to, that's what trust is all about. And so often, I think this little element and I call it a little element, actually, it's a monumental, it's a mammoth element because it means so much in developing trust. You gotta do these actions to match up with your words and your deeds, okay? Now, here's something else that we gotta think about in this consistent behavior, is that every day I'm earning your trust. Every single day. I'm earning your trust. Now, listen, it's going to get easier over time and, and the ball will get rolling and that momentum. And so the, the new teacher is going to start to trust me. 
But guess what? What about the sub that pops in? That sub doesn't know you. That sub doesn't have that relationship with you. That sub doesn't trust you. I've got to develop trust every single day. I've got to develop trust with my students. They've got to trust that I am going to do the things that I've said I would do. They've got to trust that I've got the code of language. And it's just on a daily basis, I'm going to reveal, reveal, reveal more and more to them. They need to trust me. Now, listen, here's something else that you got to think about is what if you're in a new position, a new role, you're a new principal coming in this school year. We've got a lot of you out there. You're a new principal. Guess what? The principal before you, the principal, two principals before you, maybe they didn't develop the trust. And you're a very trustworthy person. And so day one comes and you're doing some professional learning with your educators and you don't sense that they trust you because the person before you couldn't be trusted. They are assuming and they're waiting to see what happens. Be consistent in your behavior and your follow through. Do what you are say, uh, say you are going to do. Do it and do it with a high level of accuracy. Uh, do it in an uber way, right? Okay, the second thing I want to talk about here on, on this episode is about your accurate, open communication. I've talked about communication before. Uh, th there's a podcast on communication, and my goodness, there could be 112 more podcasts about communication as there is. But I'm talking about this explicitly in the area of literacy leadership, right? Accurate, open com communication. And one of the things when it comes to developing trust is that I've got to communicate my feelings, okay? I've got to communicate my feelings. It's not just about communicating information because information is useless unless it involves transformation. And the only way that you're going to get to transformation is breathing emotion, breathing feelings into the information. And you know what? When I communicate my feelings in that accurate, open way, people start to trust me. They start to trust me. When I rely on the research, I do this all the time in my presentations. I want to make sure uh, now, listen, I do insert some of Terry's thoughts, right? I do insert some of my thinking because I, I've got some good thoughts, or at least I think I do. But here's the thing about it. I always, always, always rely on experts, rely on research, and I'll cite those people and say, it's it's not just my thoughts. Sure, I've, I've got a, a thought here, but let me tell you how I derived and got to that thought. I'm going back to the experts. People are going to trust me because they can trust the experts. When it comes to evidence-based practices, when it comes to building a culture of literacy, rely on the experts. And listen, don't just go to anybody that you Google. Make sure that you are relying on the experts that have that trust 
right? I mean, these are the Lene Aries of the world. These are the Dr. Louisa Motes and Marianne Wolf and Dr. Steve uh, Dijkstra and Julie Washington and Dr. Tracy Whedon. And oh my goodness, my list could go on and on and on. You trust me because you trust the people that I am leaning on, that I am relying on. So, um, Communicate your feelings, uh, rely on the experts. And here's another when it comes to accurate, open communication, and that is communicate your faults and your mess ups, communicate your failures. This one was so hard for me to learn. So hard for me to learn because let me tell you what, I've got that tough exterior and I'm, I'm a no nonsense, no failure type of person. And, and, and listen, uh, you know, I don't want anybody, don't ever let anybody see you sweat, you know, type of a mindset. And if you want to develop trust with somebody, let them know you messed up. Let them know. When I was an administrator, I didn't want my teachers to know I messed up. And I remember going to great lengths to, you know, try to try to cover up the fact that that I overlooked uh, a scheduling conflict or, you know, whatever it was it, that that the payroll didn't run right or you know whatever it was. And oh, oh, not my fault. Not my fault. No. You know what? Own it. Own it. Step up to the fact that you failed, that you messed up, because that vulnerability is where trust is going to blossom. And they're going to say, yeah, you know what? I can trust you because you are willing to admit your faults. I can trust you when it comes to literacy leadership, leadership because I can see that, oh, uh, you didn't have it right. Last week on the podcast, I talked about challenging deficit thinking. And even in my bio, just this past weekend, I went and changed my bio on LinkedIn because there were so many deficit thinking phrases in my bio. I screwed up, folks. I messed up. And that mess up has been out there for years. You know what? I went and fixed it because I want to change. I want to grow. I want to develop. And I want you to trust me. I don't know everything when it comes to, you know, teaching, reading and the science of reading. I don't know everything. And I would venture to say that even the experts that we look to in the field are going to say the same thing. I don't know it. I don't know it. You've got to have that open communication, accurate, open communication to communicate these mess ups. Listen, if you want to impress people, talk about your success. If you want to impact people, talk about your mess ups. There's a whole different ball game when you talk about your mess ups. I talk about this a lot too when I reflect on what I was doing when I thought I was teaching reading. I'm doing air quotes in the air right now, my friends, because I did not know anything about teaching reading, handing those kids those tracing papers, the letter A, trace the A. Okay, now you know the letter A. I didn't know a thing. I messed up. Not because I intentionally did something wrong because I didn't have the knowledge. Okay, but I grew. I sought out. I went after what I needed to know and understand and learn and have been growing and developing ever since. I've talked about this one before, but that accurate, open communication 
Admit that you don't know. Admit that you don't know. And the greatest way I can think about this is thinking about that moment when uh, somebody's lost a loved one. And we all say the same things, right? We all those phrases that we say, oh, they're in a better place. Uh, you know, I, I know how you feel. Uh, you know what? Honestly, honestly, you can admit that you don't know what to say. You can go up to somebody and say, I don't know what to say. Let me give you a hug. You know what, my friends? That is building trust. The other words are rhetoric. They're empty. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And sometimes when we think about in the aspect of literacy leadership in our classrooms, our schools, and our districts, maybe you are an administrator that you don't really know about what the science says when it comes to teaching reading. You don't really know the programs and the curriculum you should be buying. Hey, you know what you can say? Staff, listen, I don't know. I don't know. But you know what I am going to do? I am going to lean on the people that do know. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and lean on the people that do know. Guys, listen, this is the first in a two-part series around trust. I am going to be working hard on building trust with all of you on this podcast, listening here on all of you in the Learning Ally Educator community. Guys, listen, I want you joining. I want us to be this movement, this nation, this tribe of people that our parents, our colleagues, others can trust that we are here to smash the literacy divide. Guys, go out and share this podcast. Subscribe, leave a comment. We want to make sure that if this has impacted you, that it goes out and impacts others. Be a trust builder. Thank you for going on the journey today. Thank you for being present. Thank you for continuing to grow and learn. If we are going to make an impact on education, create significance in the lives of our students, we need you. If you want to learn more about Learning Ally, visit us at learningally.org and be a part of a transformational community.